So as many of you know, we've uh, been in a series, we launched this year, uh, a series just talking about what is this thing, and more importantly, why is this thing a thing called CMYK? Uh, as I said in the prayer, that out of all the things that we could be doing on a Sunday morning, you're here, I'm here. Out of all the things that we could be investing our time and energy and resources, all the things that you could give to potentially, that, that there are those of you that are choosing to give regularly to something like this, why would we do that? There's so much need. There's so many other things and places that we could spend that time and energy. And so for us, just taking the first few weeks of this year and asking that question together and trying to maybe create a little bit of definition or understanding of why this thing matters so much for us. And really, uh, where we are right now currently as a church and a community, it really revolves around seeing a reality that's taking place in our world. That there's a reality that's, that's always been present within humanity. And it's this thing called polarization, this thing called tribalism, this idea that there are good guys and there are bad guys. And we spend our life, our time, and our energy finding ourselves potentially in the good guy place and then identifying all these other people that they're the bad guys, they're the evil ones. And whether that's different religions throughout history, it's different nationalities, different beliefs, systems, different political viewpoints and ideals, whatever it is, we all find our humanity in this polarization that I'm on this side, they're on that side. And I don't believe, and I think most of us in this room don't believe that that's the best way forward. And particularly what's happening in our country, in our culture right now, this polarization is increasingly more and more and more apparent and felt on every level. And so for, for me and for many of us, that's, that's a problem. That's an issue. Secondly, to understand that spirituality is this thing that many of us grew up with as a black and white kind of category, that this is the truth and anything outside of that is wrong. And to, th to think or to read or to see anything differently is bad. But spirituality, really, as humanity progresses, as we kind of evolve and move forward, we understand some things about science, some things about the world, that maybe the way that we saw a certain book or a certain text or a certain idea, maybe there's something there, but it's not the cut and dry, black and white view of things that we used to have, who's in and who's out. But spirituality really is becoming, for our world and our culture, a grayer and grayer space. And again, rather than just polarization of looking at anybody that thinks differently about anything as evil and wrong and bad, there's got to be a more beautiful way forward in this grayness of spirituality in our culture. And so for us, we define it as this. We believe that CMYK, we exist and we're here to have and find a more beautiful way forward together. That there's got to be a, there's a better way. And rather than just this polarization, rather than just this black and white approach to spirituality, that spirituality would still matter, would still have a place in our life, and we work to figure that out would work to figure out in the context of what's actually happening in our world. And for us, this better way forward together revolves around these four things that many of us have heard and talked about many times. To be present, that I and we are invited to be honest, to be open, and to be love or be loved, to be the embodiment of love. This is our, our, our more beautiful way forward. This is what we're all about as a community. We believe that in the midst of these things happening, whatever happens in life, whatever cards are dealt, that this is the more beautiful way forward. Just be present, work to be honest, be open, and be the embodiment of love. So the last couple of weeks, we've been talking specifically about, okay, so what does it look like to be present? Inviting someone to kind of wrestle through that uh, personally for them. And last week, Seth uh, and Uncle Alan talked about what it meant to be honest and his own kind of journey with that. And this morning, I want to talk about this concept of being open and then have a conversation with someone here today. This idea of being open, I think, is one of, just personally, as, as we've kind of been doing this now for a little bit at CMYK, it's probably one of the most misunderstood, uh, honestly, uh, concepts or ideas. That many of you bring a definition or an understanding to what it means to be open. And I'm not here to tell you that you're wrong. That's good. Do it. Whatever it is, that's great. 
But for me, and I think specifically when it comes to spirituality and, and the narrative of Christ that we find a lot of our inspiration from, there's something specific for me around this idea of being open. And it's the most difficult, like problematic thing in all four of those things, honestly. This is the, the hardest thing to do. I grew up in a, in, a, in a home, many of you know, that was very conservative evangelical Christianity. So we grew up with narratives about the world and who you wanted to be, and more specifically, who you didn't want to be. And there was this word that was used for who I shouldn't be and who we shouldn't be as human beings. I mean, they were the, the bad guys, the, the ones you never want to be like that. You never want to be found in that group. I mean, it's like a stormtrooper. Nobody wants to be a stormtrooper unless something's wrong with you, right? And so these were the kinds of people I was like, I don't want to be ever labeled as something like that. And so I grew up having this understanding of what that kind of label or that kind of term or word was. And the word and term is Pharisee. It would be a Pharisee. How many of you have heard that phrase or that word before? Most of us in this room. Many times what this word meant, what it meant for me growing up is a Pharisee is someone that says one thing and does another thing. They're a hypocrite. Someone that has a certain set of ideals and beliefs, but then they live a completely different set of ideals and beliefs from what they're saying or what they're communicating. So don't be a Pharisee, man. Don't be somebody that says one thing and does another. This is something that was just ingrained deeply in who I was. Don't be a Pharisee. Don't be a Pharisee. Don't be a Pharisee. What I find really fascinating is this word Pharisee and this, this idea, it comes from the narratives and the stories of Christ, the Gospels. What's really interesting is when you start to actually read the Gospels, yes, there are moments when Pharisees say one thing and do another. Yes, there are moments when they have ideals and then they don't actually live up to them. But there's something I think far more powerful and far more important when it comes to this idea of what it means to be a Pharisee within the context of your belief system and how we go about it. What we know is that the Pharisees are the ones that are responsible in many levels, according to the Gospels and the narrative of Scripture. The, the Pharisees are the ones that are responsible for pushing through the crucifixion of Christ. They were the ones that just hated him, wanted him off the planet, wanted, wanted nothing to do with him, and hated the idea that people were following him and his teachings and ideas, and they didn't like that. And so there's so many different moments in the story where the Pharisees are trying to trap him, trying to get him, trying to kill him and crucify him. And what we know is at the end of the Gospels, there's this moment when the Pharisees have finally done it. They've arrested Jesus, and they put him on trial. And they're asking him questions, and they're trying to trap him. And it says, actually, in, in the Gospel of Matthew that there's this moment where they bring in all these false witnesses to speak falsely against him, trying to get the crowd to rally around. We've got to take this guy out because they don't like him. And here's the question for me. Is the moment in the issue that we're seeing, is it driven by the fact that the Pharisees are caught in a lie? They're caught saying one thing and doing another thing. Or is there something else that is so powerful and potent for the Pharisees that this is the reason that they need to crucify and kill Christ? This moment is found in Matthew chapter 26. It goes like this. Jesus, in this questioning that's going back and forth, he says, Jesus remained silent. And the high priest, so the head poobah, the big cheese, said to him, I adjure you by the living God, tell us if you are the Christ the Son of God. There's language there to say, tell us if you're everything that God has promised for humanity. Tell us if you are the most beautiful way forward for all of humanity. That's what's behind this language. And Jesus said to him, you have said so, but I tell you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. So Jesus' response to him is, well, yeah, you say it. I mean, yeah, if you say that, sure. 
But he actually goes deeper and he starts to bring in some language that is part of their tradition, the Old Testament scriptures, brings in some of this language to say, it's yes plus some. It's yes, this idea that I am here for the sake of humanity, to see a more beautiful way forward, to be everything that God has promised and hoped for for humanity. Yes, and then some. And so how does the, the high priest, how does the big cheese respond to this? Does he go, oh, okay, cool, bro. That's fine. Okay. No. We know the story. It goes like this. Then the high priest, in hearing this, he tore his robes and said, he has uttered blasphemy. What further witnesses do we need? You have now heard his blasphemy. What is your judgment? And they, this council, they answered, he deserves death. And then he spit in his face and struck him, and some slapped him, saying, prophesy to us, you Christ. Who is it that struck you? What's happening in this moment? Are the Pharisees upset because they were caught saying one thing and living a different thing? No. There's something else that is so powerful that's happening where the head the, the head Pharisee, the high priest, is one that tears his robes, which is one of the strongest kind of passionate outbursts of rage that you can bring in this culture. If you want to show people that you're pissed off, this is the way you do it. That it's, it, it's just so present that, that his response is now, okay, now we have to kill you because of what was just spoken. And it has nothing to do with saying one thing and living another way. It has everything to do with the Pharisees, the priests, the religious leaders of the day, they have an image. They have an understanding. They have a theology that speaks to who God is, what God is like, how God acts. And here is Jesus, and he seems to be showing up outside of that theology, outside of that thinking, outside of that study. And here's this interaction where the Pharisee says, are you saying that this thing that is outside of my thinking, outside of my theology, is divine, is a part of God? And Jesus says, yes, and then some. And it's this that these men cannot handle. That someone would claim that there is something divine, Christ-like, godly, found outside of my own viewpoints, outside of my own theology, my own understanding and reason. That's not okay, and so tear the robes and kill this thing that is claiming to be God but is outside of my thinking. Here's what I know. All of us have a box that we like to put God or the divine in. For some, it's a big box. For some, it's a really, really tiny box, and that's okay. But all of us have some kind of thinking, ideology, theology when it comes to this idea of God. And our tendency for all of humanity has been anybody or anything that comes outside of that box, outside of my thinking and understanding, must be killed. This is what we're seeing happen in this moment. This is not okay. This is outside my thinking. So get rid of it. Get it out. Kick them out. They're a heretic. They're wrong. They're bad. They're evil. And what we see happen here is the story and the narrative of Christ is Jesus shows up and challenges everything that these men who have devoted their entire life to studying and understanding God and the divine. Jesus shows up and challenges it and says, actually, God is found there and then some. And God is found there and then some. And the divine is over here and then some. In other words, you're thinking about who God is, how he works, how he, all of those things. Yeah, okay. But it's more and then some. This is the concept of being open. 
that I understand my propensity and you understand your propensity to create this box that we put God and the divine in, thinking, theology, whatever it is, and then to interact with the world as anything outside of that is wrong, bad, evil, and broken, compared to be open because there might be Christ there as well and Christ there as well and Christ there as well. This is the concept of holiness, that it's set apart. It can't be contained. That This God is holy outside of our grasp and understanding, and for us to put him in some kind of box is to actually miss the whole point. So the invitation, I believe, is to be open. Yes, to have some understandings and studies and theology, all of those things, sure. But in my interaction with others, to always be open that Christ might be here, the divine might be here, God might be speaking here, this might be something good, true, and beautiful here, whatever it is. And that I don't live my life like these religious leaders, just trying to come against anything that I don't like or doesn't fit inside my box. There's one person in this community that when I think about this is honestly at the top of my list, and you're going to hear why um, I, I would say that about who this person is. When it comes to the idea of being open and, and working to continue to find their life in that place, that that would be a more beautiful way forward, um, this, is, this guy is everything for me. So would you please welcome my good friend Parker Brown as he comes and shares this morning. Hey, buddy. Go ahead and grab that mic. So, Parker, um, obviously, I know a lot of your story. I've been around for a lot of your story, so thanks for that. Um, but the question this morning is, like, what, I would just ask, what has your journey been up to this point when it comes to spirituality or faith, church, belief? Um, uh, let's just start there. What has sure. been your journey? I was <clears throat> raised in a house that I think we went to Christmas service maybe like twice <laughs> growing up you know uh i didn't know i didn't know the difference between jesus and god or any of that <clears throat> uh until i was i think like 18 or 19 and i had a friend come and try to convert me travel 500 miles to save my soul yeah <laughs> he loves and, you uh, he did <laughs> it was it was traumatic and um <laughs> Uh, and so, um, f as far as my spiritual journey went, um, I, I prayed a lot. Like, I, there was a thing inside of me that always, like, longed for a connection to something bigger. I remember being really young and thinking about what was after we died or what was after the moon or, you know, things. And I remember, like, feeling this sensation that was, like, kind of made me want to keep pursuing that, the unknown of that, like, the, the, the magnitude of that that idea. And so, um, you know, I started reading a lot in, in my later years in high school and um, like reading books like Siddhartha and trying to be philosophical at 18 or 19 and really deciding like I, I needed to pick a religion to explore and go through. And then, um, and I think it was uh, Buddhism, Judaism, and Christianity were on my list. Uh, and Things just worked out, you know, probably because of um, geography and and things like that. Like it was Christianity, and uh, I I moved to Billings and went to a church service one day. Like I started becoming uh, became really close with Jake Frank and 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 Matt here. They were the first people I I met when I moved into town, and I was going to Faith Chapel, 
uh, I didn't even know that this world existed. There was like college youth groups and youth groups and you guys were doing everything together. Um, and so I kind of plugged into there without knowing anything still about God or Jesus. And I woke up one morning and went to a service and Stan Simmons talked about how we are extraordinary, extraordinary because of God and that you were that you were like okay and that God still loved you no matter what. And it, I was like that guy and you know they did the, the thing at the end like the, the the old lady lays down a major chord on the piano and, then, and like raise your hand if you feel like Jesus is here and I'm like it's got to be Jesus because I'm feeling something that I've never felt before. I remember just weeping and and at that moment I gave gave my life to um, Jesus and um, just put everything I had into the church for about a year and a half. And then um, I had no more. And by everything, he means everything. Like he was on worship teams and bands and like I worked there full time at the time at Faith Chapel and Parker was there pretty much full time with me, but he wasn't getting paid at all. So it worked out (laughs) great for me. Yeah. Because I looked like I was doing a killer job. Meanwhile, band sounded good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. and the, and uh, so eventually, I had no more resources to give them, and I was cast into the rocks. Okay, there was a little bit of a relational <laughs> dashed into oh, let's the go into there. the okay. rocks. Uh, there was a, there was some things relationally. There was some totally. things spiritually. Yeah. That it just there was a separation. Yeah. And and there, we, we always wanted to be yeah. friends for the sake of everybody. But <laughs> from when it came to church, it became very apparent this is no longer the thing that I'm going to invest and spend the time and energy right. in that I once did. Yes. Is that an okay way to say it? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I think the impetus for that was a sermon that was given on burning out, and the pastor was like, "You can't burn out if you really have Jesus in your heart. You can't burn out." And I was like, "Oh, I guess." <laughs> Well, how come you can't pay me then? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But anyway, that, but those were little things that moved us into the where we're getting now. Yeah, no, this is good. <laughs> it's good. We're doing but this. I and then I so <clears throat> I really had a passion for 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 uh, music outside of the church as well. Growing up, listening to a lot of blues and singer songwriters and things like that. And a friend and I, uh, the friend that came to convert me uh, was also a big reason why I. Um, left the church and dropped out of college. <laughs> um, <laughs> real influence, He's the best. right? <laughs> so, so, but kind of move things forward. You, sure. you uh, get in the music world and, and everything in that moment from the church separation, because I was there, yeah. like it felt like in a sense like, okay, you, you went all in. There was no like mm-hmm. dip the toe in the one, and it's not for me. Like you were head mm-hmm. all in. And then decided it's not for you. Yeah. And so there's every expectation is, okay, now he's done. He tried the church thing, and mm-hmm. now he's going to move on. But you didn't. Uh, that right. what, Like, for a few years, you weren't really church-y on any level, spiritual community or any of that stuff. And then something else happened. You, you got involved in another church. What happened there? Oh, boy. Uh, so I was thinking about, <clears throat> thinking about that the other day where um, there's things in kind of that, that higher self guy that's following you around. Um, there's, there's things in your life where you can live for a long time one way, and all of a sudden you start doing things that start changing. I, I like to think of it as like you're changing the vibration of, of the way that you're thinking and feeling. There's something in you that's resonating, and there's something in your, your other being that's resonating, and you start to have like, there's going to be a dissonance. 
and and to try to reach harmony. Um, and slowly, those things I I, I started um, feeling like my life that I there there was something bigger. But I was living, I was working in a restaurant and and partying and playing music and being promiscuous and you know living it up and and then eventually my there was like something inside of me that that sort of was like I'm here <laughs> dude and so I started reading reading books kind of changed like looking at my world and, and moving and and trying to find that and I got into like um started doing yoga for the first time and learning about body consciousness awareness I was in a lot of pain from playing music all the time and um and uh like trying to meditate as a beginner and um, having some really great experiences. And I think that that awakened my soul or spirit to something that I knew I was after and something that I think I was trying to find during that earlier time. And what, ha <clears throat> what happened is there was also this really, really charismatic church that was starting at the Hampton Inn. And uh, so I had some friends that were going there and they were telling me about it, and I was like, that's what I want. I want to see the power of the Bible put into earth. And that's what they were doing. And so I, I, uh, I was in a relationship, and we, we broke up. I was, I was broken, but it was one of those times where like the vibrations moved, the the last Jenga piece had been pulled out. Everything came down, and I was able to like rebuild myself. But I, I rebuilt myself around this idea of being the next Paul or something, you know, the next um, apostle, prophet, healer. Because you, you jump seer. into this church, and mm -hmm. you once again are all in, all in, all in. And Gave my life to it, and and even and money, everything. And, and there's quirky, weird things in every church. Uh, yes. there's quirky, weird things in Faith Chapel. There's quir there's a lot of quirky, weird things about this church. Mm -hmm. But and the only reason I bring that up is because this is how all in you were. Like even in the quirky weirdness, you 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 were okay with it. You were justifying it. You had reasons for it. Yeah. I'm not saying you were wrong, but just like there was all all of the reasons or excuses why you would have been like, ah, eh, that's a little weird. I think I'm out. Like no, you're like no. There's something here, yeah. and I'm and I'm in. Yes. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. and there, so there's something powerful. So that didn't last. It didn't last. It couldn't last. Again, things got weird. Uh, I was not involved this <laughs> he wasn't. time, okay? <laughs> he couldn't even help me. <laughs> Tried. Yeah. You guys came. Yeah, we did. We Once. came to your baptism. Oh, yeah. I, ba great. I got baptized. At the pool. Adult baptism. Awesome. Yeah. In a pool at the hotel. <laughs> There was no big screen to show my joy. Um, sorry, I don't know where Keep that came going. from. All right. Um, didn't last. Things got weird. Um, it was it was actually a real it was a really hard time for me too because, in in like I said earlier with that song, like I think I knew something, and I was in that world a lot, and I really wanted to be the next Jesus. Really, like I wanted to heal people. I was going downtown and trying to pray for people, and and exercise the demons around Billings. And, and if that's a voice I used, I know <laughs> yeah. I didn't work. Um, and I, I really put a lot, of, um, a lot of myself into that. And, you know, you can get really hung up on a lot of the scripture that way. Mm -hmm. Jesus says one thing, um, and I would, you know, I'd wake up daily and look at the mountain and be like, you going to move today? You going to do it? Come on. I have faith. I have faith. I have faith. And it never happened. I'm not saying that it can't, but it didn't happen for me. And eventually I started to realize that, 
this isn't working out. Yeah, and so you, you've, you're all in, and you get out. and, and All and out, 100% all, all out. All out, and, and getting all out <laughs> brought some hurt and, yes, and pain to it as well. a lot. Mm-hmm. Here, and, and with Faith Chapel, I think is important to know. Like, it wasn't just an easy thing. Like, there's, these were close relationships that you invested so much time and energy mm-hmm. into that people were saying things about you and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So all that to say, you once again decide this church, spirituality, like this idea of organized religion, let's just use that, mm-hmm. not for me. And now, here you are at CMYK, and you are on the church council. You're a part of helping us under, kind of be accountable with finances and helping us move forward in some, mm-hmm. some ways. And you're kind of all in again. And here's, here's why I want to talk about it, because your story up to this point Everything is justifiable up to your story, and, and I really mean this. For you to say, like, that's just not for me. I've tried it, and I'm out. Yeah. But there's something that you continue to be open about, okay, it wasn't all that, it wasn't all that. And, and even CMYK, honestly, mm-hmm. we've had conversations. CMYK isn't all it for you either, right. but you're still here, mm-hmm. and you're still a part of this work of, of being open. There's... I, so I, I want to hear you talk on that, but just to bring sure. some specifics to, to what I've experienced with Parker is, you know, there's, there's many Sundays Parker would be back with his journal, journaling, reading things, and, and like kind of wrestling with, is all of this stuff, like the, the bread, the cup, the songs, the talk, all it just feels silly. Like, is this really what we're going to do on a But you're still right. here, mm-hmm. and you're still working to be open. Like, that, that's what's powerful to me about your story. So why, why would you say that you continue to be open when everything keeps kicking you in the butt? <laughs> I sometimes I wonder why, you know, um, I think that the, the thing that I, I'm trying to discover in my life as a whole and is part of this journey from the 18 year old kid, you know, trying to be a philosopher and you know, Denny's in the afternoon uh, to to where I am now is that I feel like there is an essence there. There's a, there is a great, like that scripture was really, um, I think, fitting for, for the situation that Jesus is telling this guy that there is something. He's not telling him exactly what it is. He's not even saying that he is the son of the man, or son of man riding on the clouds. You know, he's saying like, what you're going to see from here on out is that there's something way bigger than what you think there is. And I think that that's the essence that I'm always trying to find in my life. And, of course, I've had to put my faith in things like relationships, music, um, you know, all the things that everybody's story is full of, like them trying to find this in a building or whatever. Um, and so <clears throat> I think that the the joke would be that my friend started a church, and that's why I'm here. But my friend started a church that... Um, gave me a place to try to get closer to that essence of what the truth in my heart is. I haven't found it yet, but I feel like I'm getting closer than I ever have in my life. And being able to be in a place where I can be like, hey, Matt, I rewrote the Lord's Prayer for you if you want to read it next Sunday. I think it'll be more concise (laughs) and modern or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, you can't do that anywhere else or you become a Pharisee. A heretic. Oh, well, you don't do it this way. Um, you don't stand up when I sing. And he doesn't care because he's, he, you know, like, so having the freedom to, to, to follow that, 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 um, that vibration and 
and desire in your heart for for like a true spiritual path has been why I think I come back. And then learning learning that community is very important. And the people that I've met here through the process, I wouldn't have met anywhere else. And so in ways I'm I'm very and learning how to like engage with the community in a in a in a natural, honest and open way as well. Like cause yeah. I struggle with social situations and yeah. I'd rather just sit in the back and yeah. like drink coffee yeah. and then bug out. But So two more questions. Sure. Uh, one, uh, many times we become fearful of being open and we stick to what we know in the box and mm-hmm. we fight for that mm-hmm. because we're fearful that if we step outside that box, we're missing out on the divine or God's mm-hmm. going to be pissed at us and, oh, and yeah. there's going to be judgment and condemnation, all those things because mm-hmm. we stepped outside the box. Mm-hmm. Um, would you say that your experience of working to be open in all your different facets has caused you to actually interact with the divine and find that loving embrace? Or do you feel like, no, maybe there is something to the box. And, I, and I, I'm not trying to answer the question for you, but I just would love to hear you talk on like, are you experiencing more and more of the divine? Do you believe that there's something there more and more because of your openness or is it more difficult because of your openness? Of course. I think, I think, um, What's great about it is it is far more difficult to step outside of the box. We want things to be easy for us. We want to know that this is that and so that we can just at least have that figured out, right? Like, this is what that says. Don't try to change it. Don't try to be different. As long as you fit in here, you're in the community, you're in the tribe, no matter what that is, musically, socially, um, in a church, whatever, <clears throat> at work. And um, I think that when you destroy it, you take, take a little C4 to that box and blow it up and realize that you're going to be okay, and you really then decide that if you're going to have a relationship with the divine, you'd want it to be as honest and, and, and true as possible. So breaking down all preconceived notions and all, um, all of your expectations and fears and desires, as soon as you confront those, when you step outside of that box and realize that the lightning isn't going to strike you, there's a lot of freedom in that. And I think that you can start to trust that, the, that it's there for you. That it's, it's that big love, yeah. you know, that's happening. That was good. And, and you hit on what I wanted you to hit on in the last one. So, so we're done. Thank you. That was it. Can we, can we thank Parker for... Do Are you, you have, serious? Is yeah. that it? Well, do you yeah. have any, any, final, any final words or comments that you would say or ask of us as a community? Related to what we're talking about. <laughs> Say it again. I really am surprised that we're done already. Any, well, it's time, buddy. <laughs> is it? Sorry. What time is it? Yeah, welcome to every Sunday for me. It's, oh, what? <laughs> uh, so um, any final words that you would want to communicate to the community or ask of us as a church or a community? I wanted to do this for Tyler. <laughs> Protect the vitals. That's an inside joke, <laughs> but thank you. You're doing great. Uh you know, I felt like I did so good, and then you sprung that one on me. Okay, so, well, we can be done. No, I think no, I think that's great. I, yeah. I think I just want to thank this community for being here. Really, um, I feel very comfortable with you guys, even though I feel awkward. And um, I think that everybody being here in processing things in a non-judgmental way and in a loving way, you can really feel that in a place. And um, I, I appreciate that. Whatever this looks like, you know, it's it's a place where I've found a lot of healing and um, like 
grace and non-judgment to be myself and figure out who I am in life, not just in church, but in, in life. And I think that you've given us an environment to do that, given me that. So capitalize on it. I guess it's out there. So find, find what's true and beautiful to you in that place. Can we thank Parker Brown for coming? Thank you. You're a beautiful man. I told you, one of the best. Um, so as we close this morning, um, one of the things I think it's significant to note is there's a lot of different uh, kind of thinking and theology around this concept of uh, bread broken and cup shared, communion, um, the body of Christ being broken, the blood of Christ being shed. And the theology of the understanding is that this is a crucifixion of God. And it's a cru- crucifixion of God because, yes, Christ is seen as God, but it's a crucifixion of God from the idea or the understanding that we try to put on God, that it's God crucifying God. It's God saying, your idea, your understanding of the divine and God and all of those things, that is gone. And there's something, as Parker mentioned, there's something, as Jesus mentioned in that passage, there's something actually here that you and I are invited to interact with and to be a part of and with. That's what this represents for us this morning, I believe. Are we open to see whatever our box is, whatever your understanding is, to see that crucified and to be open to whatever it is in whatever relationship, whatever connection, whatever conversation that you're in, that you work to be open and say, okay, I know my tendency. I know my tendency, but there's something here and I need to work to be open. For some of you, it's baggage that like Parker could be carrying of hurt and pain that religion, spirituality and church has brought. Are you willing to be open and say, okay, I know that's there. I know that's there, but there's still something here that's worth being a part of. There's still something here to explore. And as Parker mentioned, this is one of the scariest things that we can do because we want to find that box. And so the invitation this morning is, will you come to this table? Will you be a part of being open and sharing your story and bringing your voice that we can all find and discover and celebrate God, the divine Christ what's good, true, and beautiful in this world and in each other. That's what this table is for me this morning. So I want to invite you. We're going to play a song, uh, and just whenever you're ready, feel free to come forward, take a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, and let's come back to what this narrative of Christ has always been about, to be open. God, many of us in this room recognize our propensity to um, have some kind of box or container and to fight for that. God, there are certain people in our minds and our hearts that we have belittled. We've separated ourselves from. We want nothing to do with them because in our mind, they're outside the box. And for us to work hard to be open, to hear their story, to process and understand that It's not agreeing with everything, but maybe there's something there that we can see and celebrate and connect with and find the divine there as well. That we are a community this week that goes into the city of Billings, Montana, and we work to be open and to find this more beautiful way forward for us as a community, for our homes, for our neighborhoods, for our places of work. I believe and we believe that this work matters. And so it's uh, with that that we ask and we hope that you would be a part of that and we would see this divine presence, good, true beauty found in all facets. We love you. In the name of Christ we pray. We say it together. Amen.
Thank you, thank you so much for being here. Obviously, we jam-packed this with a lot of stuff this morning, so run a little long, I apologize. Make sure to thank the kids' workers for helping out this morning. Um, again, next week, uh, just the 10.30 a.m. gathering, and thank you so much for being here. The most powerful component of all of this for us at CMYK is that there is this felt community, and so you being here this morning means the world to us to just be a part of that work with us. So thanks. Other than that, have a great week. If there's anything we can do for you, let us know. Thanks, guys.